Hello and welcome back to another opposition preview. This Saturday, we play Norwich away at Carroll Road, 3 p.m. kickoff. Very much looking forward to it. And today we have a special guest here. We have Michael Bailey from The Athletic. How are you? I'm good, Cole. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Oh, absolutely. It's greatly uh, appreciated to have you on, of course. Uh, without further ado, we'll just dive right into it. We don't waste any time with these previews, of course. Um, what are your thoughts on Norwich's season so far? It's uh, It's been eventful. It's been very interesting. I think we've seen that Norwich are determined to stick to uh, the style of football that they played last season in the Championship. And they've had some success with that. I think there are a few issues with that so far as well. I think Norwich have hit a peak already, clearly, by beating Manchester City. By the same token, they are having to manage a pretty horrific injury crisis. And I think that certainly had partly an effect in the last couple of games. I think there are issues away from home that Daniel Farker has to address. But... Let's be honest in terms of the budget and things like that. You know, some people may well have thought Norwich would, would already be cut adrift and they had a pretty difficult start as well. So early days, lots of things to work on. And, but as long as they maintain their momentum, then hopefully they can keep improving and then hopefully uh, picking up points. Oh, absolutely. Like if I look at Norwich from my perspective, I think you guys have the dream model a lot of clubs wish they had. Like you didn't really spend much money, if really any. <laughs> and um, having that advantage essentially just kind of gives you more of a cohesion. Um, didn't have to make a lot of wholesale changes where we did because we lost so many players um, that were aging and just needed to go basically because of high wages. Um, you touched on there um, the injury crisis you guys have there. I think it's what ten players are out currently. Uh, I think it's I think it's eased off a little bit. Um, oh, okay, it's mostly where it's, but it's still you know six or seven players who could quite easily um, play in, in in the starting eleven. Uh, it's an entire midfield. It's half of their uh, centre back options and two of their three goalkeepers. So, I mean, it's it's where it's concentrated that it's, it's been damaging. And it, it, what it's really done is prevented Daniel Farker from, um, from some of the dynamic, um, di like differences in dynamic that his 11 can bring to the pitch because they've lost an El Hernandez who's, they're kind of, they're driving and direct force. And I think without him, Norwich still become a little bit stuck in their, sort of forward passing shapes um, uh, and I guess the chopping and changing doesn't really help when you're trying to do something cohesive much the same as as you talked about there with with long-term strategy I think it works in short term as well so uh, I guess no, probably didn't do Norwich a favor that when the injuries first hit um, to their fullest extent they went and beat Manchester City which <laughs> I think most people kind of thought oh well they'll be fine then and I and don't get me wrong, this is not all about Norwich having injuries. You, you know, they've, they've had players available who should have shone and, and maybe have, have tripped up. They're also just adjusting to a new level. And I'm, I'm being quite harsh on them because ultimately they've, they've done OK so far. You know, they picked up a few wins and I think they're a few friends as well. So, you know, um, but it, I think it, when you haven't got much of a budget and, you know, you are trying to do things and put faith into the players that got you up in the first place, to, to have as many of them fit would, would really also be of a, of a major advantage and life becomes very difficult if they're not. 
Oh, absolutely. Um, if we were kind of to keep on the injury perspective for a second here, would you say that's like a major attribute of the poor form lately? Um, yeah, that's a really good question. Um, it's quite a hard one to answer. I, I think you have to accept that it is a, mit- a mitigation of, say, like, you know, losing 2 0 away from home in the last three trips. Um, losing Christoph Zimmerman at West Ham. Not only was he injured when they scored the opening goal, which I think at Premier League level is is a really crucial moment in any football match at this level because it's so hard to get back into it and to turn it around afterwards. Um, I think you know the fact that Christoph suffered that injury and then Norwich suffered a couple more uh, whilst having already made their three substitutions. I think that obviously then does have a direct effect on the game. I think Norwich losing you know two goal. Uh, two goalkeepers over the course of the build-up to Crystal Palace is um, really unfortunate. And they are playing with Ibrahim Amadou as one of their centre-backs. And although he has played at centre-back infrequently, he was brought in to be their holding midfielder and he hasn't played there yet. So it's, it's those issues clearly, clearly have an effect on the actual performances and what Daniel Farker wants to do. And as I said earlier, I think Anel Hernandez is a big miss. But then partly that's Norwich's own fault because they were unable to, and they don't have a big budget, as we've said, but they were unable to bring in more cover um, similar to what Anel can do. He's the only player in that squad who can do that. So once they lost Anel, they kind of lost that option. And um, that may well be something they address in January. So it, you can't ignore it because it has a profound effect on how the games are going. Likewise, we're always going to judge the players who then do turn out. They are all professional footballers. They are mm-hmm. all Premier League players. They will have to deliver and they're the ones that, you know, are going to have to do that for, for a few weeks because a significant proportion of Norwich's injuries are, are reasonably long term. They're going to still be there in the next three, four, six, eight weeks. Oh, absolutely. Now, aside from Timo Pukki, because I feel like he's the easiest one to point at for your outlet for goals, um, who else should Villa be wary of come Saturday? Yeah, I think... Um, I think Villa will obviously be in a slightly different position to most of the Premier League because they'll have come up against um, Norwich's key threats last season. And as we've kind of said, they haven't really changed it too much. I think there's probably, in terms of goal scoring and creation, there are there are two alongside Timu this season. Um, one in Emi Buendia, who is a snip. He's a, when they signed him for one and a half million quid last year. Um, he's uh, Argentine forward. He's um, still young, still with loads to learn. Last season, he was probably as good as any forward player in the championship. For some reason, that just got kind of overlooked. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't feature in in any in many Player of the Month or Team of the Year polls. Um, mainly because I suppose the more key performers regularly did and I guess in any poll like that you can't have you know five or six Norwich City players you need to share it around so um, I think Emmy went a little bit under the radar what I would say is he's he's been indifferent this season I, I still feel he's adjusting to the level I think you know the Norwich players have got to make sure they don't buy into their own hype and um, I think he's one who when he gets his head down um, he's as good as any player on whichever pitch he's playing to be honest he's, he can be that good he just hasn't shown it as frequently as we would have liked it so far this season. I don't think it's through 
Um, I don't think it's always through a lack of effort. I think um, sometimes his defensive covering does need to improve, but uh, he, he can he can win a match on his own when he's in the, in, in the mood. And he was a key proponent of Norwich beating Manchester City a few weeks back. Uh, and then beside him, Todd Cantwell, who only played in sort of short spells last season in the championship, struggled to um, sort of impose himself on the squad, especially later on in the season. But since coming back uh, pre-season this year, he's looked, looked like he's kicked on. He's uh, developed physically. He's still not massive, but he's, he's certainly improved. And he's actually as good as anyone in that Norwich team this season in terms of consistency and having an impact on games. He's creating goals and, and making them. He, I think he himself is also still adjusting. I think there's a lot more to come and he has to get his head down and, and deliver it because if he thinks he's got too far head of himself, then, you know, that, 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 will, that will prove an issue. And, and so far, he's working really hard. He is learning and he's, um, he's pr- providing a nice foil for, for Timu Puki a lot of the time. So they're the two key ones. Um, but I think your first point is kind of pertinent. Norwich had a lot of attacking support for Timu Puki, even though he got so many goals his support cast were giving him that much freedom and they were up in support and close to him and working really well. This year, team has looked a little bit more isolated and there looks to be a little bit more of a reliance on him. And that's one of my bigger concerns really from the start of the season. And I think it is something I'd like to see Norwich address over the coming weeks. Oh, for sure. Uh, now, if we switch to the match itself, um, what are your thoughts on facing us? If you've seen, I guess, any highlights of Villa so far, what are your thoughts on our season so far as well? Yeah, I think um, I think Villa are a really interesting side because they, they've got it quite hard this year because they go up and everyone sees the re-establishment of a Premier League club. Whereas, let's be honest, they spent longer out of the Premier League than Norwich, did they? Or maybe it was the same amount of time, wasn't it? And, um, you know, they've, they're a newly promoted side. They spent a lot of money, but they've got a lot of gelling and a lot of adjustment to do. So they've almost got an, far more expectation on them than Norwich because of the size of the club. Yeah, similar situation to a degree. They felt the pressure of needing to spend money because just surviving, I think it was the, um, the chief exec's words, wasn't it? Just surviving is, is not good enough for Aston Villa. So, you know, that that's... That's all. Uh, that's all pressure. I think. Um, I think they did recruit pretty well. Uh, I know some people have, have sort of drawn lazy comparisons with what Fulham did. I don't think that's fair. I think I, I looked at um, some good chunks of Villa's recruitment and thought, okay, that that makes sense. I like Dean Smith as a manager. I think. Um, but I, I think you have to be realistic as well. They are a newly promoted side, and they are in in that situation. I think everyone who will be having a focus on Saturday's game will appreciate. Both sides will feel they have to win it if they're going to get enough points to survive at the end of the season. And obviously, both can't, both sides can't do that. So, it is what it is. I think um, I think whoever of the two sides finishes above each other will will survive because I, I think the Premier League is incredibly strong this year, actually, and it's going to be a really tough order for whoever manages to stay above the bottom three. So, it'll be interesting. Villa they lost to Norwich twice last year. They were one of the I have to say they were one of the best sides I thought Norwich played last year, even though they were kind of in a bit of turmoil. And if I'm right, John McGinn didn't play in either of the games last season. So uh, he's probably, if I'm looking at the Villa squad, I'm, I'm going to be keenly watching him because I think he is a class operator. I think Villa are lucky to have him. And I think Norwich were in some ways fortunate not to come up against him last season. 
Oh, absolutely. Well, actually, you just answered three questions for me in one, and I didn't even have to ask <laughs> a third, so that's perfect. Oh, sorry, Cole. <laughs> oh, no worries. That makes my life a little bit easier. Yeah, because you did mention uh, our past meetings. I think it's like the last 10 between us. It's five wins for you guys, five for us. There's rarely a draw there. Um, I think it's 13 goals for you guys uh, and 16 goals for Villa, so it's definitely high scoring. Um, I was just looking at some stats last night. And it looks like uh, the Norwich game, like goals per average game, is about 3.57. Uh, that's pretty high. And ours is 2.71 per game. So with that being said, we'll, we'll kind of close this out a little bit. What's your score prediction? And if you'd be so bold to uh, give me your goal scores. Oh, that is a horrible. I hate predictions. But I think, um, <laughs> I mean, obviously I've come on here with a Norwich hat on. So I think Norwich clearly do need to win. Um and, and I will say Norwich will win 2-1. I think if they keep a clean sheet, it will be a minor miracle. Uh, that said, there's a bit in my head that's knocking, saying it'll be a draw. Um, so, um, But I'm going to ignore that bit for now. Um, goal scorers, so uh, let's say Timo Pukki and Todd Campbell, because they're the ones who seem to be chipping in. But, you know, I mean, it might be, might be a set-piece goal from a centre-back that uh, helps open things up if Norwich get, um, get a sort of a pragmatic edge. And uh, uh, let's say John McGinn shows why Norwich were fortunate not to play him last season by smacking one in from 25 yards. But I mean, it's really interesting with Norwich and Villa because I think uh, Norwich winning at Villa at the end of last season, that was the first time they've won at Villa Park since 1993. And they'd had a few hidings there in that time. And there's obviously been a lot of subplots at Carrow Road as well. I don't know how Villa fans feel about going to Carrow Road, whether it's somewhere where they've enjoyed recently or they feel it is a really awkward place to go. Norwich do seem to be in a good place at home at the moment and they do seem to be a lot harder to play at home um so that's good for them but you know there's there's a there's pressure on Norwich to to keep that up now that they've kind of come unstuck away from home quite easily uh, on their last two occasions so it's going to be a really interesting game for sure Oh, absolutely. I'm going to go 2-1. Um, I can't remember who I said the other day when we did our other preview podcast and review for the previous weekend, um, but I did say Todd, Todd Cantwell to score because I need fantasy league points, and he hasn't <laughs> done anything since Man City, and that's when I brought him in, so that would be nice there as well for some uh, added benefits. But anyways, uh, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, Michael, if you want to plug any of your socials, go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm on Twitter, which is Michael J. Bailey. That's the handle. Um, I think you'll probably be able to find me on Facebook and Instagram as well under all that. And uh, obviously, I'm writing for The Athletic. And if any of your people listening um, haven't subscribed to The Athletic yet, I, I thoroughly recommend they do because we've got a brilliant Aston Villa writer in Greg Evans, um, who uh, people may well know from, from his past jobs covering covering the club as well. So um, if they haven't done that, do that because it's well worth it. There's some brilliant stories in there. Oh, absolutely. I highly recommend The Athletic. Um, I know a few people that have subscribed to them and they're just giving great reviews. So uh, the best to you guys and it's greatly appreciated and I'm sure we'll uh, try to get you back on in the reverse leg here. Thanks for coming on, Michael. Yeah, please do. Cheers, Cole.